Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Having a disability, whether blindness or another, can be difficult too. Sometimes a person wonders if God is even there. Yeah, but in room 4216... God shows us his path and we find... We are not alone. We begin with a reading from the first chapter of Acts, starting at verse 9. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking up intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood before them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city that is about half a mile. Ascension! New orders have come down. Hold your position until the special envoy arrives. Then prepare for battle and deployment. I am going to headquarters, but will remain in constant communication. Continue to report in as ordered. Expect further communications and instructions. The battle plan is fixed. We move out when the special envoy arrives. The ascension of Jesus has throughout the centuries been a very important part of the church year in that it looked at Jesus ascending to heaven for its value and importance for Christians. As of late, we don't deal with it a whole lot. Even though we speak about it in the Creed, the Apostles' Creed, he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. For various reasons, though, in the last couple decades, the church hasn't talked much about it, celebrated it much, and um, there you go. Well, but but does that mean we can't talk about it here? Because... I've got some questions. you got some questions. Of course you got some questions. Of course. All right, what are your questions? Well, for instance, did Jesus really physically ascend? I mean, did he actually go up, up, up in the air? Uh, second, is heaven up then, or what? And third, what happened to his physical body? I mean, did it disperse somehow into molecules in space or, well, or yeah you know i mean in star trek we talk about the uh, the <laughs> transporter it changes matter into energy and then it, it moves it around and it comes back back into is that what happens no not really um there's a lot we don't know about the ascension at all here's what we do know Jesus walked, talked, lived with, touched, ate. He physically was alive after his death and, and resurrection from the dead. 
And then he ascended. Now, don't notice it didn't say resurrected into heaven, but ascended into heaven physically. Right. His feet literally left the ground, and he levitated up in the air, and then he was covered by the clouds. And the angel said he'll come back the same way. Much more than that, though, we really do not know. What about where heaven is? Heaven. There's several words in Hebrew that talk about that word, heaven and heavens. Uh, one would be that the, the, the area that kind of envelops the, uh, the earth. That's one of the words for heaven. It would be what we would call the uh, atmosphere. But then there's also the heaven where the Father lives. And that's what uh, is referred to in several different places where Jesus ascended into heaven to be where the Father lives, seated at the right hand of the Father. And as I look at Scripture and what the church has celebrated in the past, I can clearly see at least seven, at least seven specific reasons why Jesus ascended into heaven. There are many events, customs, and activities that surround weddings. When you stop and think about a wedding today, maybe one that you've been involved with or have been to, there are so many things that are just natural that they be there. The music, the flowers, the cakes, the dresses, the wedding rings, the vows. So many things. And in Jesus' day, there were customs that surrounded weddings as well. And so, with a little bit of imagination, it could have happened this way. Wow, I really love your robe. Oh, thank you. It, uh, mother made it, and, and I'm just so glad that it worked out. Does, does my hair look okay? Yes, it looks wonderful. You look so beautiful. <sighs> I'm so excited. The day has finally come. I feel so loved right now. Yeah, but, you know, how do you know that he really loves you? You know, you know that, that he lives with his family, and... He built this room onto his family's house. It took so much time. And he took it, and he built it, and it's so beautiful. And he made it just for me. John 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And so it was the custom in Jesus' day that the groom, during the year of betrothal, would build a room on the family's house. And then when finished, he would go get his bride and bring her to himself. This court is in session. Mr. District Attorney, 
Do you have an opening statement? Yes, Your Honor. If it pleases the court, the state will provide beyond a shadow of a doubt that the accused has committed a heinous crime worthy of death. The evidence will clearly show that the defendant did willingly and maliciously violate each and every of the Ten Commandments by his thoughts, words, and actions. This cannot go unpunished, but must receive the most severe sentence that this court can hand down. The law requiring such an extreme punishment was decided in this very court by your honor himself. Yes, yes, yes. Would you please call your first witness? I don't need to call a single witness. The words and actions already placed in evidence are more than sufficient to convict the criminal. The state rests. Mm. Mr. Defense Attorney, do you have an opening statement? Yes, Your Honor, I would like to make an opening statement. The defense enters a plea of guilty, but absolved. Oh. Objection! Incompetent, irrelevant, unprecedented, immaterial, and out of order. I would like to remind Your Honor that I am retained by this court to defend the accused. Your Honor may remember that the prior agreement made by this court states that anyone represented by me is declared innocent of all charges. Mm. If it were any other way, double jeopardy would be incurred and the very foundation of the judicial system would be undermined. I already serve the sentence handed down for this crime. The accused is looking to me and my actions to absolve him of his crime. First John chapter 2 verse 1 My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. Case dismissed. Your Honor! The court has ruled. But, but, Your Honor! You are out of order, and I order you out of my court. And now that the defendant is free of all charges, what say ye, Mr. Defense Attorney? Shall we make your client the guest at a victory party? I really like how you handled the case in court this morning. That was brilliant. Thank you. The provision in the law made it rather an open and shut case. Indeed. As I talked with my client, now our guest, and of course a friend of mine, I learned that he has some unrelated problems facing him. Oh? Yes, and I think we can and should help him. He will not be able to do it on his own. Hmm. I'd like to suggest that we intervene and provide help. Well, my son, a friend of yours is a friend of mine. Let's do it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. 
But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. John 16, verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so we arrive at yet another question. Hmm. Why did Jesus have to leave in order for the Holy Spirit to come. Why couldn't he have just stayed on earth with us? I mean, it would have made things a lot easier in a lot of ways. Well, think about it. I think you can come up with some of the answers on this. Oh, you're you're making me work this time, huh? Well, yeah. If Jesus would have stayed, what would that mean for us just in a practical way? Um, We'd get to know him in a personal way practical way we'd hear his voice we'd get to talk to him we'd well well that's assuming he'd be here in st louis where we are or maybe albuquerque or in new york where a listener is but what if he just stayed in jerusalem well there'd probably be some huge building built to him or something a temple or whatever if he'd allow it (laughs) And uh, he'd probably have plenty of people that didn't like him, too, and might try to kill him all over again. I don't know. And see, with that, then, everyone would want to be wanting to go there and feel like they're not worshiping God, not having Jesus. They'd, again, feel alone. They'd feel alone because he wasn't there with them? Right. Oh, right. of course. Jesus was also very clear in opening the hearts and minds of disciples so that they would understand him, but that was always in his presence. The Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes, does that everywhere. And it isn't that we want to limit Jesus, but Jesus does limit himself and his power and abilities by taking on some of humanity. And... Just as he opened the minds of the two people walking on the road to Emmaus, Mm -hmm. he could do that as one person. He can be with a few thousand at a time, but with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can open the minds of many thousands all at one time. And everywhere. To go much further on this, now we're talking so much about the Holy Spirit and... um Don't we have a podcast on Pentecost coming up next week? Yes, we do. And I think we'll talk much more about the Holy Spirit at that point in time.
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. Verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. So, Cecilia, I know you have lots of hobbies. I do, I admit it. Tell me just one of them, just one. Just one. Um, I love working with clay, ceramics. Ceramics? Yes. Tell me a little more about that. What, what have you made? I've made uh, several different kinds of pots. Mm-hmm. Um, then I made a cute thing that was a, a plate that looked like a lollipop tree. Oh. Yeah, it had cute little lollipops on it. All right. To do this hobby, ceramics, what are some of the uh, things that you need to do it? Oh, well, obviously I need clay. Okay. And I need a table to work on. Okay. I need a board that uh, is made for uh, working with ceramics so that the clay doesn't get stuck to things. Mm -hmm. I need different kinds of carving tools. Mm. I need uh, a fork to help me to uh, uh, score things so that they can be joined together. Mm -hmm. And I need water. Mm. What's Um, the water for? The water is, again, to help smooth things out and join things together and to keep the clay wet and moist so that I can work with it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it will dry out. Okay. So, would you be willing to make me a bowl? Well, sure. But I don't have any water here in this room, so I'll give you the clay. Oh, and I don't have any tools. So, I got a chunk of clay here, and, well, I got a piece of of board here. I, it's a piece I love doing woodworking. I'll uh, give you a, a chunk of pine. And Does it and, have splinters in it? No, it might. Um, so, can, can you make me that without water and without the tools and things? No. Why not? The The... Splinters will get into the clay, so I can't use that board. Mm. The clay may not be the right kind of clay. I don't know what kind of clay you have. Mm. Um, the clay is going to dry out and break apart even as I work with it, mm. so you don't have any water. So in um, order to do your task of making a bowl, you need specific things in order to do it. Yes, I do. Yeah. With the one of the reasons, with with the with the Jesus went to heaven in order so he could equip the church with the proper gifts. The church has been given the directive of uh, making disciples, doing good works, and in order to do that, the church needs specific things. And that's why he gave pastors and teachers and evangelists and... Even podcasters? Uh, well, the Bible doesn't exactly say podcasters. Oh, you're right, you're right. But, but the work we do in the podcasting many times is that of teaching. And, and here, these gifts that Jesus gave, according to Ephesians 4, are for the church at large, so the church as a whole can carry out their work. Now, as individuals, we are given specific gifts, both of fruit of the Spirit and gifts of the Spirit, and 
Well, that's another whole subject. <laughs> chapter 1 verse 6 so when they met together they asked him Lord are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel he said to them it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so the disciples once again wanted the kingdom of God to be established in Israel. <laughs> they, they got, got it, it all wrong. So often the disciples just didn't understand what Jesus was trying to do. And here with the kingdom, they did not understand. They thought it would be a, a king with severity and harshness ruling and, and having a throne. Having a palace, having people follow, and Israel being the greatest nation in the world. For Jesus, though, the kingdom is his rule of mercy and grace in our hearts. As noted in other Bible studies, this king didn't send out the army to defend him, but he went and died for the army. Now, as his army, we just don't sit around and twiddle our thumbs waiting for the king to do everything. <laughs> Not at all. In fact, he gave power to his army to be witnesses. Jesus ascended into heaven for seven specific reasons. Number one, to prepare a place for us. Number two, to defend us. Number three, to provide help for us in time of needs. Number four, to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, and we'll read more about this next lesson, helps us to understand the Bible and what Jesus is all about. Number five, to give gifts to his church as a corporate group so that they might carry out his work. Number six, to give power to be witnesses in his kingdom. And finally, number seven, with the king gone, the army has a specific set of guidelines and plans and orders by which to follow. And what are these? To share the news of Jesus, to baptize, to teach, to make disciples. After all, if Jesus were still here, we'd be wanting to pay attention to him and, and worship him and, and cling to him. But with his being gone, we can be about his purpose, his plan, 
of saving the world. The Holy Spirit working through us to touch the hearts and lives of other people. Matthew 28, 19. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Christ has ascended, and the disciples have returned to Jerusalem. And I'm curious, if you had been living back in that time, and you were one of the disciples, what would you be thinking? What would you be feeling? And what would you be doing as you waited in Jerusalem for the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, to come? Write and tell us. Also, if you want to write and send us prayer requests, or any other kind of feedback, you are more than welcome to do so. Our email address is info, I-N-F-O, at not-alone, that's N-O-T-A-L-O-N-E, dot net. We'll see you next week. Do come back again to room 4216. Credits. Jim and Kathy Kirchenman as Jesus and the District Attorney. Cool and the Gang, Celebration. Margaret Andrus as the Bridesmaid. Marcel Tournier works for Harp et tout de concert au matin. And our interlude musicians, Robert Vaughn and Terry Nord.